Welcome to Fireside Chats with Andrew. I thought we'd do something a little more relaxed. It's apparently spring or summer or something. I don't know what it is. I just know it's corona season and the rules are different. It's a rough time for a lot of us. The church is all about building spiritual community and all of a sudden our community must be mediated through a screen or at least from six feet away. The world we knew doesn't exist anymore, even though it looks like the same world. The rules have changed and life may not go back to what we're used to for a long time. The word unprecedented has been used an unprecedented amount of times. Issues of mental health, such as depression and anxiety are on the rise. But even if you don't struggle with these issues, feelings of anxiousness and sadness are normal. We feel overwhelmed, sometimes hopeless and exhausted. Whether you're living alone or in a house of two working adults who also have young school-aged children, nothing is normal right now. Grocery shopping takes more time, you can't hug your loved ones outside your home, and almost every social activity we can think of is no longer available. Our normal coping mechanisms may not be available to us. There is, though, one thing that will never change, and that's the love of God. Now, I'm not one to dwell on the idea that God is in control. That raises far too many questions that I don't entirely have answers for, but I do find comfort in the idea that he has here a purpose that he has in this moment for us, his church. And what that thing is is not necessarily a very specific task, for each individual. We may have the same purpose in any given situation, which I believe is to be the case, that the thing we are to do is to be the servants of Christ, Dule Christu, the model of Tyndale University. We are to be the servants of Christ and to be his hands and feet to the world. This is the challenge that faces the church globally and locally ever since it started. How do we minister to a world that is hurting and is isolated when we are ourselves part of that world and we are not able to meet as a congregation in person. We're not able to have big weddings or funerals. And so our ingenuity to be the love of God has been tested. One thing I've noticed is among those who are working, and those in particular, I think, who are normally see themselves as high performers types, uh, personality, type A personality, uh, might be feeling a lack of confidence or motivation is lacking and they're finding it really hard to get work done whether you are a stay-at-home mom um, trying to educate her her children or whether you are at home uh, working from home it can be really hard to get something done one thing that's helped me and we'll get to the scripture soon is that the standards that we are operating under are set in a world that no longer exists we cannot find ourselves being judged against rules that are simply not possible to achieve right now. Productivity will gain greater swings, greater ups, and greater downs. And it's not just that you have a good day, it's just that some days are really good and some days are going to be really bad, and that's okay. And we shouldn't be afraid to take advantage of time off if it's something you can do, or if you have that available to you. Counseling services, if you have those available. Exercise, brief walks to try and focus on the little joys of life.
and it is joy that I would wish to spend a few moments speaking to us about. This isn't going to be a long talk. Perhaps that will bring you some joy on its own. I don't know. This is perhaps more devotional. I don't have grand ideas for today. The difficulties of this time have made those desires of grand thoughts and grand life-changing sermons seem unlikely. And I'm not sure anyone would have the attention span to listen to me drone on. So I would like to start in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, starting at the 6th verse. The book of Philippians, as I'm sure most of you are aware, is uh, one of the happier epistles in the New Testament, and certainly all scripture. It is known by many as the book of joy. It speaks of God's joy, of St. Paul's joy for his people in Philippi. And the section I want to read is in this translation I've read titled, Final Expectations. Of course, we should be careful with these titles. They are not part of the original manuscripts, and so we should be careful not to rely on them too much. Uh, But it's pretty good at telling us what this is about. So, we're going to start chapter 4. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Uh, This is the passage uh, that I'm sure you're aware of. I'm sure you've heard it in whole or in part at different points. Um, St. Paul and others do like their lists. There are many lists, particularly in the New Testament, not to mention the lists of laws in the Old Testament. Um, It's a common way uh, to introduce lists of, uh, we might call this a list of virtues. And what's interesting about this is that this list of being honorable and pure and lovely and commendable and serving with excellence is not a particularly Christian list. There's nothing wrong with it, of course, but it could um, it could apply to any number of schools of philosophy or even different religions. So what's interesting here is that St. Paul, it is thought, most likely found this list and thought he would repurpose it for Christian meaning. Um, One of the ways of repurposing something that is familiar to uh, people around you um, so that they have a jumping off point. So you can say, well, look, this list is good, but how does this apply? How does this change for us as Christians? One of the things you'll notice if you do uh, have the scripture in front of you now or maybe a bit later is you have this list of the whatever is. So whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. And then there's the if there. If there is anything ex- any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So what's interesting there is there are two different lists. There are separate virtues, uh, truth, honor, just, uh, justice, purity, loveliness, and uh, com- uh, something that's commendable. And then they sort of sum it up as in, he sums it up in two other thoughts. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise. So if you can't remember true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, just try and remember excellence and worthy of praise. Think on those things. This isn't entirely 
um, out of character, of course, because before this we have what are the greatest commandments? The greatest commands to love the Lord your God as yourself, or <laughs> love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments. That sums up all the law and the prophets. Just two simple rules. So what do we focus on? If you can't remember anything else, focus on things that are excellent. Focus on things that are worthy of praise. Things that are pure, lovely, true, honorable, beautiful. And then verse 9. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And this, of course, harkens back to verse 3, 7. Uh, chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Brothers, join me, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So this is a very famous passage of Paul saying, use me as your example. This is tricky, though, because there have been many times in the history of the church, of course, that those that we raise up, those that we um, see as champions of the faith, so often let us down in significant ways. Most certainly, or most recently, we've had Jean, the uh, revelations about Jean Vanier and the horrible things that were going on during his life at the same time that he was doing amazing work through his writing and the large communities. So how do we deal with that contrast? How do we deal with, we want to have people to follow. We want to have spiritual heroes, both in scripture and out of scripture, knowing that they may not be exactly who we think they are. Well, we deal with it by knowing that Christ is the only perfect man that ever is and never will be. We use the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control as clues as to someone's walk along the path of sanctification. But we must always do it with humility, and we must always do it knowing that anyone we look up to is ultimately a fallible sinner redeemed by God, but who may themselves still let us down. And then work to not being like that person, of course. So when you're finding yourself down, when you're finding yourself thinking, as I know many of you are, I'm not doing a good job. I'm not living up to the expectations that may or may not really be there, that I'm not doing what's expected of me and I don't want to let people down. When you feel like that, think on these verses. Think on what is honorable. Think what is true. Think what is just. Think what is pure and lovely and what is commendable. For I have the thought, I have the confidence that, and I'm speaking now to my colleagues, the staff and faculty of Tyndale University specifically, that you are being honorable and that your work is commendable, even if it's not what you would wish, even if it's not at the quality you're used to, even if it's taking you longer to do it. I think it is worthy of praise. I think it is excellent. And I want to commend you for what you've done in this time. 
I'm the sole supporter in my family. My wife is has been a stay-at-home mom for six years and is trying her best to homeschool our two children, four and six years old, while I work during the day in our bedroom. So I know this is tough. I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating, and we want it all over, and we want to see each other again because we are a great community. And if you're listening to this by some chance and you've never worked at Tyndale or you've never studied at Tyndale, Tyndale's a great place. I've been around Tyndale for about 11 years, four years as a student and almost seven as an employee. You're the best. Tyndale has some of the most amazing people that God's brought together to serve his glory for his uh, purposes. I want to do something before I close, if that's okay. Because this is a podcast that you can rewind a bit, I'd like to do a little bit of a Lectio Divina exercise. We're going to read through this passage three times. The first time, I just want you to listen to it. Just enjoy listening to God's Word. The second time, I want you to listen for a word. Listen for something God's calling out to you. And then the third time, meditate on that word or that phrase that he brought up to you. And then perhaps you can journal about it or pray on that more. So here we go. The first time, I just want you to read, uh, just listen to it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now a second time, listen for the Lord's leading. What word or phrase is he raising up to capture your attention? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, this third time, I'd like you to either meditate and focus on that one thing that God has spoken to you or lifted up to you, or three, listen again if you didn't hear anything, and that's okay if you didn't. One last time. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything, any excellence, If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. My friends, no matter where you find yourself in life today, know that you're not alone and know that your feelings are not unusual. And if you think this is the best thing ever and you're just living the life of living alone and you're an introvert and you love this, 
God bless you. <laughs> but I think most of us, I think most of us are ready for a change. God be with you. And please reach out to somebody if you need help, if you need to talk. Let's pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the Tyndale community, the faculty, the staff, the students. I thank you for anyone listening who may not be connected to our community. I just pray for the world, Lord, for this very real situation that we are in. We pray for our political leaders, for our healthcare leaders, and we just pray for every individual in their lives where they are. We pray for the children as they adapt, and for the parents who struggle, and for those who live alone who have to deal with the isolation even more. Just pray that your hand be upon every single person on this earth and that we feel your peace today. In the Lord's name, Jesus Christ, amen. Go in peace.